Hello and welcome to AMM Conversation, official podcast of the Association of Medical Media. I'm your host, Jason Karras. Before we dive into our roundtable, please make sure to share, subscribe, rate, and comment on the podcast. We appreciate the support. Season four of the podcast is exploring effective strategies for engaging HCPs via social and multimedia. Today, we have a star-studded group of industry experts from leading social media and HCP-focused community platforms. And we also have a special guest moderator to lead the discussion. So let's meet today's panel. Erin Fitzgerald is the Chief Marketing Officer at Sermo. She joined Sermo in 2018 to lead the design and delivery of the company's global marketing strategy. She has more than a decade of marketing and leadership experience from enterprise B2C and B2B companies. Dr. Amit Pull is Medical Director and Vice President of Strategy and Insights at Doximity, focusing on user group behavioral analytics as well as strategic partnerships. Dr. Pull attended the University of Virginia School of Medicine and currently serves as a part-time EM doc at Northwestern University in Chicago. Laura Nardella leads campaign strategy and execution as a sales manager at Reddit with deep experience in the healthcare industry. Prior to Reddit, she was a senior director at Spotify and has worked with healthcare brands such as AstraZeneca, Eli Lilly, and CVS. And our moderator today is Ryan Birchenow, director of social media at CMI Media Group. Ryan has experience in the fintech and pharma industries and has built social presences using a crawl, walk, run, fly process in both organic and paid arenas. He's a futurist at heart and keeps a keen eye on new tech for enhanced targeting, messaging, and campaign delivery. Thanks to everybody for joining us today. Now I turn the mic over to Ryan. Hello, everybody. I'm Ryan Birchenow, Director of Social Media Marketing at CMI Media Group. So everyone, first question, during COVID this past year, we've seen a huge uptick in digital preferences and social media adoption across all audiences. Can you walk through any specific growth insights you've seen on your platforms from an adoption or usage standpoint since COVID began? Hi, everybody. This is Laura from Reddit. Throughout the pandemic, Reddit's actually seen a surge in traffic and people flocking to the community. Depending on which subreddit, there's been a 20 to 50% increase in traffic since the beginning of 2020, um, incre- resulting in actually 44% year-over-year increase across daily active users on our platform. And the reason why is because people want that sense of community and belonging, especially in a time of physical disconnection. And when we see people come to Reddit, they're coming to seek information, they're valuing each other for quick responses, uh, emotional support, and really that digital interaction. So whether it was seeking humor um, during difficult times, learning how to bake sourdough bread, or understanding how to homeschool your kids for the first time, we've seen a massive increase in uh, users coming to Reddit. Hi, everyone. My name is Amit uh, from Doximity. Um, and similarly, we saw a tremendous increase in kind of registration on the network, as well as usage of the Doximity platform throughout the pandemic. I think maybe with a slightly different lens on it, um, a lot of medical professionals coming together, not only for the sense of community, but really trying to get their minds around the explosion in information that was put upon the entire healthcare industry, as well as how to best practice medicine in a new environment um, with approaching nationwide shutdowns fairly quickly in the early days of the pandemic, a lot of physicians, myself included, 
found themselves in a practice environment that was completely different than the one within which they practice at the beginning of the year. Um, so we saw the groundswell of activity, not only in terms of news consumption and discussion, but the actual practice of medicine. We had a lot more folks pick up our Dexamity dialer telemedicine solution and leverage the platform to actually bridge that gap between them and their patients. All told, we got to a point where we have more than 70% of physicians in the country on the Dexamity platform um, with, again, an explosion in news content that was being consumed, as well as kind of leveraging that content in real time to uh, be able to see their patients virtually, just given the shutdowns throughout the country. Yeah, and this is Erin from Sermo. I can really echo a, a lot of the same uh, sentiment that Amit and, and Lauren shared. Uh, we saw significant growth um, in our uh, registrations as well as our unique logins were up almost 30% year over year and our session lengths were also up well, you know, over 100%. And a lot of that was attributed to uh, medical news and how quickly frontline information was being shared. And then that translating into, you know, based on this information that is being shared, how are we treating patients? We also saw quite uh, an explosion, truly, like north of 2000% increase in patient cases uh, viewed within the platform. We saw quite uh, an increase and a need for community as well and for global medical information sharing. That's some really great insight. And from a agency perspective, we were seeing similar percentage increases across the board, whether it was paid search or social. So that aligns with everything that we're seeing just really shows how COVID impacted the market, both DTCs and HCPs, and drove everyone online. During the pandemic, many physicians took to social media to combat misinformation. Some called it the infodemic. Can you provide any real-world examples of this happening on your platform? What we see across Reddit is people are coming to be informed. And whether it's healthcare providers hosting sessions such as AMA, which on Reddit stands for Ask Me Anything, or whether it's people coming to seek advice from other humans who are experiencing the exact same thing, we're seeing it really every day on the platform. And that's what's differentiating Reddit from other social players in the space, is that you're coming to connect with people who are sharing the same interest points, not necessarily friends or family or people that you know in real life. One example that comes to mind from recently is SkinCeuticals actually partnered with a dermatologist um, to answer any questions about skincare. And it's really an opportunity for users to come speak live with an expert, um, get advice and be able to share that across their communities and, and with people that they love. We saw at Sermo that there was um, a lot of information being shared but then also a lot of the physician comments as we saw just an increase in overall engagement and interaction is there were a lot of almost like unpacking of some of these um, of comments being shared or of specific physician groups, perhaps even interpreting some of the medical information in different capacities. And then, you know, one of the biggest one that really comes to mind was um, it was around the springtime of the pandemic, but whether the the debate over whether to you know intubate or uh, perhaps oxygen therapies were needed, and you know we saw firsthand on the platform this kind of unfold this debate of you know are we 
you know, are patients being intubated too quickly? And like, what are the implications of that? Um, and actually one of our CERMO physicians then um, was very active on YouTube and other channels and kind of talking about his experience with, with both, you know, treatments of COVID. Yeah, I, I would add to that. I actually had pretty similar experiences personally as a user of, of several of these platforms, but also through the lens of being on the team at, at Doximity along the lines of what Aaron just mentioned, I think there was, I guess, if you were to use the term infodemics, perhaps two infodemics in parallel. Uh, not only was there the kind of social media utilization to combat misinformation in, in broader society, but physicians themselves were being presented with or being inundated with information at a rate that they were just not accustomed to. And there's some estimates pretty early on in the pandemic in the summertime of 2020 and at that time, there had already been north of 20,000 COVID-related papers that had been released, and they, they estimated that the actual volume of that information was doubling every 20 or so days. So physicians had to spend a lot of time discussing amongst themselves what their actual practice changes would be before they could even really get to that step of combating misinformation on, on the public side. And Aaron mentioning, I mean, the intubation versus oxygenation debate. Uh, I mean, quite literally in my own practice, the guidelines changed from a Saturday to a Sunday where we actually were able to do uh, slightly more invasive oxygenation procedures before we made the decision to intubate patients. So information at the time, it, it, it feels so long ago now, it was evolving in real time. And I think the ability for physicians to connect and collaborate in these communities, and frankly, even the example that Laura mentioned where they could in partnership with others present um, verified or vetted information to the general public. A lot of that was going on in, in parallel to, to combat the uh, infodemic, quote unquote. That's a really great point, Amit. And it mirrors what we've seen from a social listening aspect. During the early days of the pandemic, we saw HCP specifically talking about the COVID implications with one another, as well as you know what news was coming out, what seemed right, and giving their two cents as far as their professional opinion. So really interesting to see everyone just kind of really absorbing uh, social during COVID and getting the word out as far as their thoughts and uh, opinions. What makes a social media network or digital platform for medical professionals such a unique special place for HCPs? And what percentage of US HCPs are leveraging each of your social networks? Yeah, I can speak, you know, this is Aaron from CERMO. Um, you know, we've seen that, you know, CERMO is, is becoming more of a source for, for medical news than pre-pandemic. Um, you know, so social and related social networks like CERMO are not uh, just a place to chat and have fun and kind of, you know, share, share wisdom and insights, but a place for medical information and information sharing, you know, as well. And, and that are, those are particular engagements that we've seen um, increase, you know, specifically uh, in a really meaningful capacity. Yeah, on the Deximity end, I'd say we, we've had a fairly... Um analogous experience. I mean, core to our operations prior to the pandemic was our, our news feed. So it was kind of an environment wherein physicians were consuming medical literature, having discussions remotely and kind of sharing um, case information. With the onset of COVID and physicians being put in a place where they themselves had to 
seek out help, frankly, just to filter through the volume of information that was available to them. We feel from our vantage point on, on the Duximity platform, we, we benefited a lot from the network itself being kind of a safe space. So I mean, to answer your specific question, social media is a unique experience for HCPs more broadly because it is or it can be difficult at times to navigate and the kinds of conversations you might have with your professional colleagues and the kinds of conversations you might have with your mom or your, I guess, college roommate or whomever else you might be associated with on a, on a broader network. Um, the ability to have those conversations to kind of get your feet on the ground amongst other like-minded professionals before potentially having similar or subsequent conversations with a broader population, I thought, uh, was actually quite powerful. We saw a dramatic increase in news engagement, and then also the social commentary around news. Yeah, similarly on Reddit, you know, we've got over 100,000 communities on any topic you can imagine, but specifically within the HCP space, we have communities such as AskDocs and medicine, and people are actually coming and engaging. And within each of those specific communities, we have moderators and rules, and that's what's ensuring that it's actually a physician who is responding to that user. And the benefit of it, especially in a time of social distancing, is that users can get a real-life authentic answer from somebody who's certified to answer. In our coronavirus community alone, we saw over 26 million visitors to that one community March of last year. So you can see the mass reach that's coming to our platform to discuss things that are truly top of mind, especially in you know, the time of uncertainty that was 2020. Yeah, that's a really great point, Lauren. You know, at CERMA, we, we stood up a, a COVID barometer, which in the early days of the pandemic, we were um, conducting, you know, two, sometimes three research studies a week. And we were amazed at, you know, the, the amount of physicians participating. We had you know, over 70,000 physicians participate across 30 countries. We're still running the barometer studies to date. Um, I believe we just did our, our 17th. And, um, you know, we just saw an overwhelming uh, level of participation to really share information and almost like amplify their voices. I think there were so many different um, you know, avenues for, for news and information and, you know, more so than, you know, some of the other efforts and, and research studies that we've, you know, conducted for public consumption and good, we saw that there was a real, um, there was a real, like, desire by physicians to really make sure that their voice was a part of the national and global dialogue here. Yeah, I think it's pretty amazing how everyone really just activated during this time to share that information. Uh, one of the funny tidbits that we noticed just from HCP content creation on networks, we actually saw doctors leveraging memes to summarize conferences while they were remote watching everything during COVID. So that was an interesting change in behavior. That being said, that leads into our next question very well. What are the differences between how an HCP may interact on endemic social website or digital platform like a Doximity or a Sermo versus a more consumer focused social network like your Reddits, Facebooks and Twitters of the world? It's just the conversations that might be taking place would be different. Um, I, in my medical career, have very different conversations about medical topics with my professional colleagues than how I might speak to that same topic um, with 
a lay person, a family member, a patient of mine, et cetera. I, I think Laura mentioned a, a few moments ago, the ability to verify that physician being who they are um, can definitely bring credibility into that patient facing or consumer facing conversation. And that's critically important. Uh, we've had a similar experience at Daximity where even amongst physicians, having the verification of who that person is, the ability to clink into their CV and kind of vet them for the things that they're saying goes a long way in terms of fueling those professional conversations to be potentially practice changing. So a lot of times I'll joke internally when I kind of chat with our editorial and content teams that I never would have thought in residency myself that I'd, I'd miss journal club. But once you are out there, out of training, uh, it can occasionally be a pretty lonely place. And as one might imagine, COVID exacerbated that. The conferences weren't quite the same and or were just not happening. The ability to communicate or just curbside your um, case with a colleague that you trust was compromised pretty significantly as well. So coming together online and having medically relevant professional conversations became a, a value that I think was present before the pandemic, but there was an incredible strain placed on folks that drove behavior change during and now kind of towards the tail ends of the pandemic. I think any given user would interact differently on the platforms, mainly driven by the fact that they're just interacting with, with different populations, whether it be their professional colleagues or potentially folks who make up their patient population. A lot of people don't know this about Reddit, but for users who are coming into the platform, everybody is anonymous. So they have a username that doesn't represent their first and last name. Because of that, we're seeing the authenticity in the conversations and the things that people are willing to discuss anything from personal finance to healthcare conditions um, be really true and really vulnerable. And when they have the ability to connect with HCPs live within these environments, we're actually seeing much more productive conversations than you can see across some of the other social networks that are out there. So that's something Reddit really prides itself. Our mission is to bring community and belonging to everybody in the world. And that's super important in our core values and the comfort that we give our users when they enter the platform. I completely agree with both Dr. Poole and, and Lauren um, in that we see in, you know, we've done some broader social listening initiatives as well, comparing some of the uh, conversations that, you know, go on inside the, the private, you know, CERMO platform that's physicians only, as well as, you know, on Twitter and some other, you know, open or public social forums and, you know, in private when, you know, you know, you're communicating with, you know, peers and, and other healthcare professionals, um, we see you're more likely to share your personal experiences on treatment, to be really comfortable gathering, you know, opinions, and also to, you know, open patient cases. And, you know, it is a, a source of admittance of, you know, I'm, you know, experiencing this particular, uh, you know, issue with a, with a patient and, and seeking advice and help on, on what that treatment path should be. Wow, there's some really interesting answers. It's, uh, it's interesting how, you know, HCPs are people too. So they're on your Reddit, your Facebooks and your Twitters. But then uh, when they go to the endemic sites, they really kind of open up and get to that opinion level versus giving, you know, harder facts that they really truly believe in. So that's great that they can share ideas in a more closely tightly knit network of authorized and verified HCPs. With pharma marketing to HCPs, typically trailing consumer trends by three to five years, what consumer-focused tactics have wiggled their way into the HCP space this year? 
and or what is on the horizon? When we take a look at the way that more consumer facing um, brands and users are communicating with each other on Reddit, it's really setting the bar for how HCPs can come on board and truly amplify what's already working really well. So for example, in the pharma space to date, we haven't yet had anybody actually host an AMA. This is an opportunity to perhaps get a patient testimonial or work with somebody on behalf of your brand to really have a live conversation with Redditors. And we want this to be an opportunity to utilize the power of the platform and that sense of community to truly engage and get your message across to these users when they're in a very relevant moment. They're coming to specific environments to have very deliberate conversations. And we wanna invite um, you know, users all around to come and contribute to that. So we see it across the board with, as you mentioned, um, more consumer facing uh, trends, et cetera. Amit, seeing as you're a doctor, uh, have you seen or are you searching for and finding any HCP influencers on new media like TikTok or Clubhouse? I definitely, I find myself in a weird spot where I'm old enough now that I'm probably not as hip as some of the younger folks who use the newest social media technology. But oddly enough, I've backed into it in a professional capacity where I myself and certainly colleagues of mine have seen tremendous impact that can be wrought while connecting with patients where they are. Um, so I don't personally seek out HCP influencers per se, but I am definitely keenly aware of this growing class of folks who have actually taken to these new mediums in order to more effectively communicate with their patients. Um, you know, I'm an emergency medicine physician, and there's a lot of data in my field that shows any degree of follow-up or reconnection that you can have with your patient once they leave the purview of your care um, has been shown to dramatically influence compliance, dramatically influenced the rate of follow-up, et cetera. And I mean, I view these new technologies as kind of a one-to-many route where physicians are now empowered to actually provide that subtle reminder messaging to a broad uh, base of, of their patients. Um, so it definitely is a thing that I think has some staying power uh, and it, it's wonderful to watch. I mean, physicians traditionally, I think, are somewhat categorized as technological um, laggards or dinosaurs, I guess. Uh, they're slower to pick up these newer technologies. I think that's more indicative of the healthcare industry more broadly than the individual physicians. You see a lot of folks now who are bridging that gap and educating uh, large swaths of their patient base via these new technologies. Yeah, Dr. Paul, I think that's a, a really important point to make, one, about the follow-up and engaging patients where they are. But, um, you know, just my, my purview as a, a marketer is that, you know, from my experience at CERMO and, and some of the, the really popular um, content, you know, types, sometimes it is, you know, at the end of the week, we'll do something that's like a healthcare oriented, you know, joke or, you know, what's your spring Spotify playlist just to get dialogue, you know, going. And I think that what we're seeing, we see high levels of engagement around some of our lighter content that maybe just, you know, it's a nice way to wrap up the week or, or kind of think about something other than some of the crises that we've, you know, all been in to a certain degree. And I think engaging with patients and physicians also have an out, having an outlet that is a little bit more, you know, lighthearted, I think it will really contribute to a deeper level of, um, 
attention and awareness of people's health as well. It's probably one of the most important aspects of, of all of our lives that, uh, you know, not a lot of people spend much, much time with. They're very, you know, easy to ignore, whether it be chronic conditions or, or um, you know, other areas of their health. So any ways that we can have people, you know, focus more on their health, I feel like some of these lighter aspects is, is you know, should, should move the needle. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, similar observations on the proximity end of the spectrum. I think, Ryan, you mentioned it earlier. You had physicians who were sending out memes from conferences. Uh, Aaron, I, I couldn't possibly agree more. I think any any community that like deals with as many serious things as kind of the, the user base of, of a physician network does, does appreciate levity when appropriate. <laughs> so like anytime that you can sprinkle on some lightheartedness and still communicate something that's educational, um, it's, it's better for everyone. Yeah, that's great and totally agree. I'm, I'm glad you're seeing similar to uh, what we are in the social space, just from listening, looking for influencers, influencers and things of that nature. Uh, you know, it was great during, during COVID, uh, during the ASCO conference, we actually found an oncologist named Dr. Don, who was doing TikTok recaps of what he heard at the conference and what he is excited to hear about. Moving forward, I subscribed, I still follow. He's having fun, cheeky videos of him back in the hospital and following the TikTok trends. So it's great to see doctors interacting that way and getting their message across in that, that light, airy feel. We'll be back after a quick message from the Association of Medical Media. Hi, I'm Jess Campbell from the Association of Medical Media. I'm thrilled you're listening to this episode of our regular podcast series, AMM Conversation. A key pillar of the AMM's mission is to provide a forum for sharing thoughts, ideas, and best practices. That's why, along with this podcast, the AMM is pleased to host a number of other resources located on our website, ammonline.org. These include our new podcast series, John Lochran Viewed Your Profile, and member resources located within our knowledge exchange, such as our Medical Media Matters fact sheets, CHC policy updates, and AMM Conversation special reports. Check out these resources, become a member of the Association of Medical Media, and keep an eye out for information regarding our annual Nexus Awards planned for June 15th by visiting ammonline.org. We're back with Reddit's Laura Nardello, Sermo's Aaron Fitzgerald, Doximity's Amit Pool, and our moderator, Ryan Birchenau. Let's get back to the conversation. So I want to talk about targeting. We all know how important targeting is to make sure that you're getting to the right audience at the right time. But from a content perspective, what have you noticed that resonates really well with health audiences? Can you give an example, Laura? Hey, Ryan, absolutely. What we find is resonated with pharma is really the ability to speak to people when they're in the right mindset. And what I mean by that, um, I'll give you an example of Simple Health. Simple Health came to us and really wanted to acquire new users from the Reddit platform. So we worked with them to identify a targeting strategy based on who they were looking to reach, passion points to describe their users, and then secondly, communities on our platform that make sense endemically. And as a result, we actually saw uh, Reddit outperform all the other channels that they worked with, both from a cost per acquisition um, and the ability to actually convert to paying customers at a higher rate. And while this is very 
much a lower funnel metric that Simple Health was looking to do on Reddit. We're actually utilizing these parameters to make sure um, that they're having conversations about the right subject. So it's all about making sure we are scaling while maximizing the potential of exposing your message to the right audience. So that's what uh, our team works with our partners to make sure that they're arriving right. And um, secondly, implementing the right measurement across the right channels to ladder up to their KPIs. We're really at CERMO in a, a very similar mindset of where we're customizing content dynamically and, and kind of deploying it based on um, physician specialty cohorts and actions that they take on, on our platform. Um, and there's been an increased you know, interest in a lot of our educational and promotional response programs. So, you know, in being a vertical social platform where you know a niche audience of, of physicians um, and you know one of the the sweet spots that we've really found over the past you know year and a half or so since we completely relaunched our our member platform for physicians is that physicians on Sermo are highly engaged um, and we've really started to offer clients, you know, where it makes sense, more of a cost per engagement type approach. So we're getting right down to what the objectives of, of, those, of those clients are and how they're looking to educate and interact with, with our HCPs on the platform, whether that be through, you know, CMEs or through, you know, quick polling opportunities as well. And we found um, with a few partners where, you know, they leverage some of the broader, you know, open social media platforms for that brand awareness and broad, um, broad, you know, interactions and, and targeting. And then, you know, Sermo is really used as a, as a way to, to have very like actionable interactions with the HCPs that they're, they're interested in reaching. Yeah, I think kind of the combination of what Laura and Aaron say, I, I agree with both sets of points. And I think we've even touched on it so far in this in this conversation here today. I mean, making something resonate really well with health audiences, you do have to go back to that core message, I think, Ryan, that you mentioned a few moments ago, that even in the health audience, healthcare providers are people too. So they do have behaviors that kind of demonstrate similar proclivities to non-healthcare provider audiences. But this, we've had a lot of success on Doximity, focusing on the basics, I guess, would be the best way to describe it. And I, Laura and Aaron kind of both spoke to this. If you can provide content that is timely, it's relevant to your end user. And we focused on this a lot in the, the trailing year or two here, it's easily digestible. That combination, I think, goes a long way in terms of actually engaging this very busy group of end users. Um, there isn't that much out there in the medical content space. I would say it's changing slowly now, but historically, medical content has been quite dense, um, pretty difficult to navigate, and not necessarily easily available um, at the point of care. So solving those problems for users in this audience, I think, goes a very, very long way in terms of driving their engagement. I mean, this inclination would vary pretty considerably across specialties and different practice environments, et cetera, but doing the research on who the end audience actually is and accommodating that, frankly, uh, 
modifying your content so as to fit their practice patterns, so as to fit kind of their devices that they use, et cetera. Simple things that work really, really well in, in the broader population or the broader consumer space um, have been pretty successful in our implementation, at least on the Doximity network. Dr. Pohl, that's a really good point. And that's actually what we see as well. I think, you know, during the early times of HCP marketing on social, we were trying to market to doctors like we were handing over an entire brochure. So you'd get these very, you know, maybe text heavy creatives and things that doctors get and they're used to seeing, but maybe didn't want to see for a three second interval in their newsfeed on their device. Uh, so what we are seeing is similar to that, just kind of more impactful creative, uh, even if it's less info and more of a reminder ad, causing them to get that thumb stop and click over to the website to view content. So uh, it's, it's good to know that from a doctor, you're experiencing something similar. Does anyone else have any uh, tips they would recommend from a content perspective to really resonate with HCPs? This is Laura. I think Dr. Pohl really hit the nail on the head when we talk about simplicity. When you think about arriving on Reddit in order to speak directly to HCPs, we like to remind everybody that one of our core values is to remember the human. It's something we take really seriously internally across our employees, but also externally. And what I mean by that is when you think about the creative that you want to resonate with, with HCPs across Reddit, really speaking to them in an authentic tone, not coming across as too salesy, not bombarding with information, but actually trying to have a one-on-one -on -one direct conversation, that's where we see success within partners. And it's something we like to remind our media partners of, our creative agencies um, and lining right back up to how we're speaking and, and creating that community feeling. So um, we're excited about that. And we've seen brands really find success in their own unique voice across the platform when they stick to those guidelines. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think one of the things that's really resonated on Sermo as well is, and I think it's, it's been established, but this authenticity is, you know, approaching you know, the physician with some real world evidence or clinical data, keeping it simple and getting right to the, the core of, of the content and, you know, and, and targeting that, that content based on what your, your channel mix is. Really well said and totally agree. I want to move on to the value of social. Uh, question for everyone, what is one thing medical media marketers probably don't know about the value of social media? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the value of, of social that may not be in the, the kind of the, the front of medical media marketers, you know, kind of minds when they're preparing and, and looking to activate their campaigns is really the value of the speed of information sharing. So I think you have an opportunity in a social, you know, environment because we all consume content so quickly, you know, there's data around the different generations and how quickly they scroll through their, their feeds, um, is to really get an understanding of how you can almost sequence messaging in a meaningful way. And you have the opportunity to, you know, kind of prime your audience and then, you know, engage your audience in perhaps a, a more meaningful capacity. And then what really that activation looks like. And I think that, you know, taking it in a, a sequential type you know, messaging opportunity to really, you know, resonate and, and kind of go alongside that social journey with your, you know, your target audience in this case, HTPs um, is, is really relevant. Yeah. And I really like what you said there. I mean, that's, that's 
definitely the, the huge benefit of social is the customization towards the audience that you're getting to. So as far as that progressive messaging, if you have a new product or a new indication launch, you know, you have that, that initial tease messaging that you put out to the actual release where you're heaving up your media spend to make sure everyone's aware that it happened. And then the following messages are really that, that retention type of messaging that you want to keep out there. I would add to medical media marketers that one thing um, really standing out from our end on the value of social is the ability for earned media. So coming to the platform, um, even if you're paying to get your message across to users where they are in real time, what's going to happen is a slur of discussion coming out of that and utilizing communities, for example, on Reddit to actually become ambassadors for you um, and continue to promote your message is really one of the values that happens when we see brands engage on Reddit. I cannot tell you how helpful it is that Reddit is an anonymous and open network. From a social listening perspective, when CMI Media Group does our deep dive into our specific indications, it really helps us identify you know, real questions from real people or doctors on the platform to see what they're thinking about the indication, what are their fears, what are their questions, and what do they want to know more about, which makes our messages resonate better with that deep level intel. If I were to piggyback on the statements that are just made, um, I think it's important to just be aware of the context, even within this umbrella term social, that one is operating, right? I mean, we have representatives from three great platforms here on the call today. I personally have uh, weird sorts of connections with all of them. I mean, I've been a member on Servo for quite some time. I work at Duximity, obviously, so have my bias there. I'm a computer science major, actually, from the University of Virginia, who was there when Reddit was founded and kind of had tangentially followed that company and taken a weird, vicarious pride in how impactful they've become. But I think the conversation to date has kind of identified how different even these three platforms are in terms of their, their capabilities, how they engage with their users, who the end users actually are, what frame of mind those users might be in when they're engaging on that platform. So I think it would be, it would behoove marketers to not only learn and practice the general principles of what works in a quote unquote social environment, but also kind of double click in, I guess, and think even within that, like what is specifically going on um, on the platform that you are catering a message to. And I think even amongst just our three firms here um, today, you would have some pretty salient differences that would inform how they leverage kind of the concept of social. From a Doximity specific perspective, what has changed dramatically now is that folks are now practicing medicine on the platform. And that concept of community and information sharing, some of the points that Aaron and Laura had mentioned, becomes that much more significant in real time because you're actually delivering information ultimately to, to an end patient. So that's different in a lot of ways than the interactions that folks might be having on Sermo or some of the examples that Laura had mentioned that are very powerful examples on, on Reddit. So I think keep, taking all of that into account when making decisions as to what type of message works where and what is it that you're trying to both convey via platform and then also conversely learn from that platform um, would be the lesson or challenge, frankly, at the same time that I would, I would offer to marketers. That's actually a great segue to our next question. 
For medical media, what is the biggest challenge in marketing the HCPs via social media? Social media, broadly, it would be challenging in my view. I would I'd love to hear what Laura and Aaron have learned in their experience as it pertains to this, but isolating a message that's specifically targeted towards that healthcare provider, um, devoid of the context that they're kind of contributing to a discussion that is not just them and, and colleagues, but they also have to maintain kind of their professional identity and capacity in front of um, their patient population. Um, I think it's challenging to catch a provider in the mindset that they need to be in order to digest your message. It obviously varies based upon what message it is that you're trying to convey. But what we've certainly learned on the doximity end is that that timeliness, hitting that window when someone's in a learning capacity and providing them information, but very importantly, not making it feel like work uh, goes a very long way. And, and that's challenging to do. I think it is a piggyback on my own prior comment. It requires marketers to think about the specific nuances of a platform that they're leveraging, social or not, but certainly within the social umbrella. What is it about this platform? What are, is our intended audience actually doing on this platform? And how do those, the answers to those questions inform the type of message that they might be ready to receive? Yeah, to kind of piggyback on what Dr. Pohl just said, um, I think that it goes back to some of the points that we've made throughout this discussion around simplicity and authenticity. And I think for you know medical marketers overall, it's you know working internally with both you know legal teams um, and med, med legal review as well as with your agency to be able to really craft messaging for for the channel. And you know there is a lot of differentiation as as we've discussed today, but also similarities uh, across you know the social platforms that are represented you know here today. Um, and you know I think being able to really understand the the mindset that your customers in to really meet them where they are and craft messaging that's that's targeted and relevant for those you know platforms environments. I feel like you know it's it's kind of marketing 101, but you're you're going to get the best result from, from your you know, users and target audiences when you're you know, highly relevant. Erin, I think that's a really good point. I would add to that on Reddit, since we have such a massive audience, it's about drilling down specifically to market, to HCPs. And one thing that um, is really privy to Reddit is that we are not collecting PII, which is personally identifiable information. And therefore we're not requiring users to tell us what their occupation is. So that's one layer that we're actually not targeting on. It's solely based on interest and behavior across the platform. So piggybacking off of Aaron's point, as far as customizing your content per platform that you're going onto, it's interesting. I feel like there's usually a limited set of creatives that you have available for your indication just due to, you know, length of MLR approval and things of that nature. But the good thing is, and what I was talking to Laura about last week was that you can take what's already existing from a content perspective and really just make more so tweaks and say a, a whole overhaul specific for that social network. So I think that's great to personalize it and really make it more impactful on the network that you're advertising on. That's all for this episode of AMM Conversation. Thank you for listening. AMM Conversation is the official podcast of the Association of Medical Media. Join me next week for the season four finale 
as I chat emerging trends with up-and-coming medical marketers. Make sure to listen to each and every episode of AMM Conversation on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy podcasts. Kindly leave us a comment, subscribe to, follow, or share this podcast. We appreciate the engagement. Also make sure to check out the AMM website, www.ammonline.org, for the latest information and resources on medical media. In addition to fact sheets, industry research, and special reports, you can watch my monthly healthcare policy update featuring Washington, D.C. insider John Bigelow, or the new YouTube series, John Lochran Viewed Your Profile, on AMM's new YouTube channel. Have a wonderful day. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to the guests and not necessarily to the host or AMM or any other group or individual.